my yoga practice, non-negotiable. Um, and just remembering to not get too caught up in productivity and work. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I am your host, Rosie Acosta, yoga teacher and teacher trainer, mindfulness coach, speaker, and creative writer. I am also the founder of radicallyloved.com, a website where you can go for more information about yoga, mindfulness, meditation, and lifestyle advice. On this podcast, we talk to people within our health and wellness community that are creating content through the ritualistic practice of yoga, meditation, or overall mindful living. We hope to create value in your life so that you can achieve your highest potential and live a radically loved life. To stay in touch with us, just follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Rosie Acosta and on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie. You can sign up for our newsletter on radicallyloved.com to stay up to date on future workshops, retreats, and latest podcasts. I hope that Radically Loved Radio leaves you feeling inspired to create something powerful. My teacher, Yoga Rupa Rajstriker, says, if you powerfully believe in the value you have to offer the world, your love and passion for it will be an unstoppable force. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, most of you know that I have returned back to a plant-based diet, so my beverage consumption has increased quite, quite a bit. Don't judge. I know there's some of you out there that really enjoy beverages. So one of my favorite things to drink lately, which I'm consuming a lot of, is Four Sigmatic's new Golden Latte Mushroom Mix. It has shiitake and turmeric in it. It's totally organic, caffeine-free, vegan, and only one gram of palm sugar per serving. I love being able to travel with these little packets because they're really easy to make. All you need is some hot water. Some of the additional ingredients in the golden latte are adaptogenic tulsi, warming ginger, and a pinch of black pepper to support turmeric skin loving properties. So not only do your insides feel amazing, but your skin looks great. Go to Four Sigmatic now and enter promo code radically loved. That's R-A-D-I-C-A-L-L-Y-L-O-V-E-D to get 15% off of your entire purchase. Be sure to check out all the other products that they have there as well. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Radically Loved. And we have a very special guest today. Andrea Ferretti's in the house. You know what I need? I need a little like clap track. (laughs) You do. (laughs) 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 Um, I'm so excited to have you on, not only because I am a big fan of of yours and Jason's, but and and your podcast, Yoga Land, but I have read mostly all of your articles. Oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> and um, and I, I resonate with, with you and, and, you know, what you've gone through and, and the things that you're passionate about so much. And so I'm so excited to have you on the show to talk a little bit about, you know, what you're working on currently and, you know, just to have an awesome conversation with you because you're an awesome chick. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. And, you know, it's very unusual for me to be on this side of the mic and <laughs> have people ask questions of me. So it's always, it's kind of exciting. Yeah. It's a little, yeah, yeah. What is it like? Is it, is it, have you done, you know, I'm sure you've done interviews. I know you have, but 
what is it like like to be on the other end? You're so good. At, you're such a great host. And I always see that when, when I'm interviewing people that have their own shows as well, because I'm always fascinated by the host dynamic, you know? Yes, totally. Yeah. I find, you know, I, I guess because I'm more accustomed to being the host, um, and because I think as a host, my goal is always to be as prepared as possible. That's definitely more in my comfort zone than, than this, you know, where I have to just speak off the cuff and, and, you know, just act natural. I'm, I'm getting used to it. I'm getting used to it. But, uh, but it is a little, I'm more, I'm definitely more nervous when I'm being interviewed than when I'm doing the interviewing. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. How come? Yep. I mean, I am just like a natural born introvert. So, um, I like, so, I mean, in a way, if I just focus on the fact that I'm just talking to you, it's fine. But if I think about the fact that lots of other people are listening, uh, <laughs> introverts just kind of glitch out. I'm just like, Oh gosh, what am I saying? <laughs> and I mean, and the other thing, one quality I definitely have of an intro introvert is it's just much more comfortable for me to like go deep quickly instead mm. of being like, um, yeah, small talk is just harder for me. So that's why I'm actually a good at being at interviewing other people because I can just be like, okay, let me tell, like, let me tell get me. inside your brain. Yeah. yeah. Just let's go, let's go into it, you know? So, yeah. That's a, no, I love that. I, and I feel the same way too. And a lot of the, and even sometimes when I'm interviewing, I always have to tell myself, no one's listening to this. Like, yeah, you're just having a conversation, true. but just get listeners. I know you're there. <laughs> I know you're listening, but yeah. sometimes, you know, it's a little bit, uh, nice kind of to just pretend like no one right. is. Right. Um, you just have to focus on the person that you're talking to. Yeah. yeah. So I, I want to know what sort of inspired Yoga Land. Um, I kind of, you know, just want to hear a little bit about your your journey to get there and, and just kind of how you got to where you are. You sure. Know, you can give us the condensed version if you want. Sure, sure. I'll try to give you the highlights. Yeah. Um, so I, I worked at Yoga Journal as an editor for many years, for close to a decade, and um, then I had uh, my daughter, and when she was about four months, I went back to work, and it was really, really hard for me. I felt like I was leaving one of my limbs at home. Mm. Like, really, that's that's the best way for me to describe it is I would go to work and feel like, where is my other leg, or like, oh. where is my heart, or where is... Um, and so <clears throat> I started to think about, you know, what could I do on my own. And then yoga journal moved, they moved to Colorado. So I started freelancing or, um, yeah, I started freelancing for them, just kind of helping them out in their transition. And, and again, I, I was thinking like, I want to just start doing interviews with people, but this was 2012. So podcasts hadn't really hit their stride mm -hmm, yet mm -hmm. at that point. Um, and so then I, in 2014, I was diagnosed with breast cancer mm -hmm. and you know, that's a big game changer. You just really reassess everything, including like how you take care of yourself mm -hmm. and your stress levels and all those things. And I, when I went through radiation, I just stopped working. I just allowed myself to just go through that. It's it, radiation is a whole month, every single day, you know, five days a week. <clears throat> and on my way to and from radiation, I discovered the serial podcast 
And I became obsessed. I became obsessed with the serial podcast and with the medium. And once it was over, I just wanted more. So I started listening to all, all different kinds of podcasts at that point. And so it was just, it was just the right moment for me to make a change, um, to try to do something that I probably wouldn't have tried to do had I not gone through a major illness. Mm. Um, and I was really creatively inspired by what I had discovered in that, in that time period. So, and, and yeah, so, so, and then in terms of like the actual idea of interviewing yoga teachers, that just kind of came naturally out of working at yoga journal for so long, because I, that was the best part of the job was getting to call up anyone and they would talk to you and they would talk to you, you know, Patricia Walden would talk to me and Matias Ratti would talk to me and for long periods of time, it was so fun. And I learned so much. And often what I learned in those conversations, I couldn't either didn't make it into an article or I couldn't quite convey that like excitement of talking to them or, or the wisdom that they had conveyed. So I thought, Oh, this medium of, of letting everyone hear those conversations would be really beneficial to people. So that's kind of, that's how it came about. And what has been your favorite part in doing it this way, as opposed to, you know, when you were interviewing them, you know, for the magazine? Yeah. My favorite part has been a surprise and that is the community that crops up around a podcast. Um, and also just now that we have social media, you know, when I was an editor, we didn't really have, so there was like Twitter, but and Facebook, but we didn't, it wasn't quite as robust. Right. Um, so just having that one-on-one interaction with people and feeling people's appreciation and support and gratitude is like incredible. I can't even tell you. I mean, it's just, it feels like a completely different world to me than, than doing a print magazine was at that time. Yeah. I mean, I feel like so many people are hungry for the information, you know, now, especially with, with how the, the evolution of podcasting has been in the last, you know, even to even last year, I think people are really wanting to feel more of that uh, connection. And, and I personally feel that that podcasting does allow for that to happen because you can kind of put something out there that's, I don't know, that feels more like you. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah, it's your, it's literally your voice yeah. <laughs> out there on the airwaves. And then, and then it's, it's your, you know, voice in the editorial sense of like, you make the choices of who you're going to talk to and, and, and how you're going to communicate and what you're going to draw out of the person and what you're going to kind of communicate to, to the people who are listening. It's, it's pretty cool. So how has it changed in the last four years for you since, you know, you were diagnosed and you, you moved through it and and now you're doing what you're doing now? Um, it's weird. I, I think in some ways going through that illness was one of the best things in a way that Mm. could happen to me because I just, it just really woke me up. You know, I, I've spent years doing this practice and, 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 you know, part of the goal of practice is like to awaken to the present moment and to awaken to your life and to feel awake as often as possible. And I definitely, you know, I was getting there, but 
I don't know. There's just nothing like going through something that could possibly be a terminal illness that just, I, I, it's, it just focuses you. You just get this laser focus feeling of what's important and you can, you can like feel it and taste it. And, and in those moments now, when I get frustrated about some little thing or I'm down about some whatever everyday life thing, I I actually try to bring that feeling back and be like, remember this feeling like you are alive right now and you're not going, you know, to have surgery in two days. Like you're alive right now and, and remember what's important. Um, so it was, it was a huge, huge experience for me. How was it, how did your yoga practice help you during that time? It helped me a lot. Oh my gosh. I, um, I had a hard time doing long practices. Like I couldn't do an hour and a half or I I don't even know if I could do an hour, but it was kind of the beginning of me starting to do 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, stopping in the middle of the day and like, you know, doing some breath work or doing a restorative pose. Um, or even like the, I would say the longer practices that I did were 45 minutes and they felt perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, Steph Snyder has, I, it's probably still up there on yoga glow. She has a grief practice, um, that I did all the time and that helped a lot. Um, and then when I would be in waiting rooms, I would, um, I would actually use the yoga glow app and download meditations before I got to the waiting room and, um, just sit and listen to Sally Kempton, like walk me through the chakras before I went into, cause waiting rooms are the worst. Oh waiting my goodness. The worst. Yes. They're the worst. And so, and there's lots of tests that go on and there's just lots of waiting. And so it, that, I, I mean, it helped me so much to get out of that clinical feeling of, and setting and to just like get back into my body, get back into the subtle body, get back into the breath, get back into like that feeling of magic, right. Of the subtle body of just like that essence. Um, and it really worked just doing it on my headphones really worked, which is (laughs) quite a testament to, to, to the people I was listening to, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, I think it was definitely a testament to where you were at also, you know, it's like we're, we're open when we're also open to receive the guidance. I think that it mm. it has even even more of a palpable effect. That's so true. That's yes, that's really true. That's a really good point. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that it, it's so tough because I I was a, in a similar situation a couple of years ago uh, where I uh got diagnosed with something similar and I, it just changed my whole perspective. And it's funny that you say that you have to channel that in and as morbid as that sounds, like I do the same, Mm. you know, or, or I think back to, you know, something that happened like, you know, when I was young or where it's like, you feel like this is it, you know, what, how, how are you going to, what are you going to do to change your life to be able to experience this moment? Right. As a whole. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's amazing. Like, I mean, that's why it, Buddhist monks chant about death. You know, it, se- it can seem so morbid. It's like, well, why do they do that? Why do they get up in the morning and chant that we're all going to die? They do that to remember that that's not happening yet. That they do that to remember that that's going to happen to all of us and that this time is so limited. Um, it's, 
Yeah. And it's hard. It's actually hard to do for me. Uh, it's hard. It was hard for me to do until I was like really faced with it until I was Mm. forced to look at that. Um, yeah. Oh, that's, that's tough. What, what do you think just kind of on a, on a side kind of non sequitur sequitur note? Well, did you have any sort of ritual or was there something that you were doing that you still do now or that, that changed the way that you did your yoga practice? That's a good question. Um, it's funny. I, I'm such a practical person. And, um, so I don't have like a spiritual ritual that came out of that. Um, I have a very much more disciplined, practical approach to self-care just overall than I used to. Um, I think when I was at the height of working at Yoga Journal and just really, really busy all the time, and I, I, I really got to the place of just doing the bare minimum, just doing the bare minimum for myself. Like I always put my health and wellness last, which I can't Mm. believe, but I did. I mean, it's just embarrassing to even admit (sighs) that, but I did. And now it's just, it's front and center. And, you know, that translates to like making sure I do vigorous exercise in, in addition to my yoga practice. Cause they really do recommend that for breast cancer survivors that you get like at least 150 minutes per week of vigorous exercise. So, you know, that's, just a a non-negotiable, my yoga practice, non-negotiable. Um, and just remembering to not get too caught up in productivity and work. Cause that's kind of like my personality. (laughs) I think it sounds like you can relate. Uh (laughs) Yeah. 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 I just, am like such a worker bee, you know, and I get excited and I get like I start to get driven and I could, you know, it's like I could sit and work at my computer for like six hours and not stand up, which is just crazy and silly and not good for us. And so I don't do that anymore. I do not do that anymore. And, and it's, it's a process, but, and I I have to constantly remind myself to, to undo these old habits, but it, that's what I would say I take from that whole experience is having a different perspective perspective on, on prioritizing myself and living every day, remembering those things, Mm. you know? Yeah. I feel like this is such a big, I mean, it's huge. I mean, you said so many things and I'm like, oh man, those are huge things, especially the, the busyness of our current culture. Yeah. Um, uh, Yvonne Talley wrote this book called Breaking Up with Busy. Uh, I don't know if you've read it, but it's I haven't. That sounds great. It's so great. And I feel like, you know, there's that thing where somebody that's that's highly motivated and highly inspired. It's really difficult to to stop, you know, to to stop being busy or to put Mm -hmm. yourself first because you're just trying to create and create and create. And I feel like this is something that happens so much to people. And I feel like maybe that's why we're seeking so many podcasts and we're seeking so many you know, outside things because we're so, you know, overwhelmed with information or we're just so over, over stretched with our, our own energy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's a really, yeah. I I think you're right. I think you're onto something there. I mean, one thing that I think yoga 
does for me is it it's a good reminder of all of these all of these things mm-hmm. like a reminder to slow down a reminder that you're more productive if you take time for yourself a reminder of your essence and and when you listen to a really good podcast it can do that for you too it can remind you of the things that you really care about and are meaningful to you and this format like this kind of unedited casual um format it helps people like i think it helps draw people in more than just reading an article that's been edited, you know, by 10 people and has a certain voice of a certain corporation or a certain (laughs) entity, you know, it's like, we want that. We want that connection. Right? (laughs) No, it's true. And I feel like we, we lack that so much, even, even with social media sometimes, right? Because we have this curated, uh, you know, uh, sort of display of what, I'm doing air quotes, what our life is like. And, you know, even when we interact with people, it's just, it's, it's still not the same as, as being with, you know, this is actually, sorry, I'm like deviating, but you know, what I feel like is, is missing is that human to human connection, like our ability to like be like humans with another human. <laughs> like I would totally. say, okay, even even you and I were, were talking via Skype, but still we're able to have a conversation. And I feel like we're kind of losing a little bit of that art. Yes, it's true. It's true. I'm kind of like in the thick of that right now in my life because my daughter's school age, she just started school. And so it's like a social situation that I've never encountered before, right? Oh, Which is where, <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I never really thought about that. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's sort of bizarre and definitely challenging, like as an intro- introvert who likes to go deep, like right. there's so much surface interaction. There's like, because you see people for like 30 seconds at pickup and then <sighs> You see them, you know, it, it's just, I can't even describe, like, you know, these people over years, but it's, you don't know how well you really know them and you know them through your kids and, and you might get to know one family really well. And then, but then you realize like, you don't know the other families as well. And then you think like, well, who out of those families knows these other really well? And who, who do I really care about here? And well, I have to care about everyone because it's like my kid's school. It's just like. It's odd. It's odd. I don't know that you have to care about every. I mean, I I hear what you're saying, but I'm just like, no, I totally get it. It's so hard to be in a situation like that. It's it's so yeah. It is kind of a little bizarre. It's almost like when you're a parent and a and when you're a child and your parent kind of forces you to have a play date. Did you ever have that where it's like, oh, here or with my family, it was like my cousins. I'm like, I don't even like some of my cousins. And they're Uh like, here, you guys are related. Go play and have fun. And it's just like, uh, exactly. You're sort of thrown together. (laughs) And then, you know, because you're adults, there's a lot of like nicey, nicey, nicey. Like it's not really where at least as with kids, you either ignore each other or one of them is like a shit to the other one or something (laughs) like that. But with adults, it's just like, oh, hi. Oh, and the other thing that's really bizarre about it is that you 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 want to be polite and not be like, so what do you do for a living? Because that's just seem seemingly in our culture is like a rude question. Right. But that means that you don't know how that person spends their days, what they think about, what they care about. You can't ask about like this major facet of their lives. Yeah. 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 You know, it's funny. Like my my big social experiment was 
what do you what do you love the most or what are you really excited about like if i'm around somebody new those are the questions i ask and i'll tell Those you good questions yeah but i'll tell you sometimes people get a little off, off put by it huh you know because it's just kind of like well, why why like who are, why are you asking me it's just like almost <laughs> oh this God. like mistrust of something and i'm just like yo i'm just like trying to make a conversation especially with i mean this is just in social settings right yeah but like when I'm, you know, if I take a Lyft or an Uber or something, I, I always ask that, you know, I try to have a conversation. It's funny when they don't want to talk, yeah. you know, and I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, uh, I hope you have a nice day, Ben, you know, but I'm just like, because people are, we're so used to just not being connected with people. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, it's true. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. Cause I, when you said that, I was like, Oh, I was going to say, Rosie, I need to take social skills classes from you because <laughs> my, <laughs> that just sounded like those are such good questions. And for me, I'm just always looking for food. Like at one of those events, I'm always just like, let me just go to the food table. I'm just going to go find some food and put it in my mouth. So I don't have to talk to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good oh that's good tea for me you know I'm just so like I'll just sit there or stand there and just like you know talk to people or, or listen to them I, I love seeing people light up you know so when you can yeah. really find what that is in people I think that it creates more of that feeling of of being seen and seeing somebody in connection and and I feel like for me that's that's what yoga is to me it's it's you know the yoga of connection and our ability to create union with with the other and and with our community so so yeah I really I I love that but I also I I'm not uh sort of like I won't, I'm not excited about being put in situations where you kind of have to do that. You know, especially yeah. there are times, there are moments where I really don't feel like talking to anybody or I'm just like, uh, this person really doesn't want to talk. I don't really want to talk. So we're just going to sit here and awkwardly just be quiet next <laughs> to each other. Um, all right. So let, let, we'll get back on track. Sorry, guys. Uh, but no, I think it's actually important for us to be able to have conversations about a human to human connection, because I feel like it's beginning to be a lost art, but, but I mean, I think, I think you're right. Like, I think that we've always kind of, you know, Jung talked about the masks that we wear and mm -hmm. we've always had them, but now we actually have a technical technological device to, uh -huh. you know, to kind of gird us even more from, right. from that. So I totally, I totally hear you. Uh -huh. And I, I agree. Yeah. Well, and so another thing I wanted to talk to you about, because I feel like, you know, you've definitely had a, a lot of obstacles in your life that you've been able to overcome. And, and absolutely, you've been uh, somebody who is embodying uh, not only what, you know, yoga is, in my opinion, Aww. but but also somebody that's that's bringing um you know, different topics like anxiety and depression and, you know, going through real life experiences to the forefront so that we could all, you know, learn from them. So um, I had a couple of questions in regard to that. And again, like I've read a lot of your articles and, and actually I will post some of my favorite on the show notes. So if you're listening to this, if you go to the show notes, I'll post my top three and. Oh, wow. And um okay. <laughs> can't wait to see what those are you're like ooh. well you'll have to click the show notes to see what they are um so one of one of the questions I wanted to ask you is 
you know, when, when you do experience moments of feeling like you've fallen off track or you're feeling like you're kind of in a place where, you know, I like to call it going into the cave <laughs> to me that it almost sounds like a little bit of you go have some R and R, but to me, sometimes going into the cave is like, you know, you're, you're just kind of down and out for a minute, yeah. you know? So when, whenever you've felt those bouts or those moments, like what, what is the, what do you do? Do you have a practice that you do and, and what, and does it look different every time? Is it the same? Are there signs? Like, can you speak to that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say that my response changes all the time because the experience of going through a depression or an anxious time is different every time. Uh, but I would say overall, the thing that I have learned to do is to be resourceful. Mm -hmm. And so I always think that way. I always think you have resources. And so reach out and, and figure out what you need right now. And so I, I sometimes joke that it took a village to get me through anxiety and depression, <laughs> you know, because I sought out everything. I mean, and, and this really, the, the sort of height of it for me was my early twenties and I had not found yoga yet, but, um, it really took several years for my, like I wasn't depressed for that long, but my anxiety hung around for, for several years. And so I, you know, did a lot of talk therapy. I did acupuncture. I've done herbs. I've done, um, you know, psychiatry. I've taken the meds, which totally have worked for me. Um, and definitely finding yoga and meditation were kind of like, I feel like finding yoga and meditation were the ultimate tools for me to keep me in just a generally healthier place day to day. Um, I remember, I can remember studying with Sarah Powers years ago and she talked about how when you meditate, you can start to feel that you have this inner altar, you have an altar inside of you and you start to feel that your foundation is really solid and I don't think I ever had that self-belief before someone said that to me. I always felt like, because I'd always kind of been like a tightly wound kid and anxious <laughs> even as a kid, you know, in hindsight, I don't think I, I just didn't have that sense of groundedness. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I come back to, and, and that groundedness and that feeling of like the inner altar and the inner foundation again is like one of the resources. So I, I just, I start to, I try to think of my resources and I try to seek them out. And that includes, you know, friendships too. Like I definitely have friends who've been through similar things to me who, um, I can remember after I had my daughter, I had because I'm so aware of my depression, I can actually honestly say that I had one day of postpartum depression. Wow. <laughs> well, and not that that's like something I'm proud of, but it's just, I was so worried that I was actually going to have postpartum depression that I just, I made sure that I was on my medication and I made sure that people were, 
you know, I had people around me. I just, I, I made sure I had really nutritious food. I made sure I rested as much as I possibly could. And, and, and maybe two to three, maybe when my daughter was like about three to four weeks and she was like struggling with eating and that was really stressful. I just had one day where I was like, Oh man, I'm in the basement. I am in the basement. And I just, I couldn't quite get myself out of it. And so I had this one friend who we call each other, you know, when we're in that, that moment. And, um, and she really, really just by talking about it with her, if she really helped me get out of it, like by the next day. And so I think it's important to cultivate those relationships with people who you really, really trust. Um, and, and to, to be careful, honestly, about cultivating those relationships, because I think if, if someone hasn't been through depression or any kind of mental illness, um, it can sometimes make you feel worse if they try to like offer you advice or mm-hmm. kind of tell you to buck up or be strong or any of those things. And people can be very well-intentioned, like completely well-intentioned. But when you're in a really impressionable, vulnerable state, those kinds of things can can make you feel more disconnected. So um, yeah, so I only have like one or two people like that in my life who just get it and have been through it as well but they are definitely part of like the resources that I try to make sure I remember that I have. Mm, So having resources is definitely key, I would say. Yeah. And knowing that they're there. And I think that that requires a willingness to look for help and to accept help. Mm. And that can be really hard when you're depressed because like part of the mantra of depression and my friend and I, we always say it's the depression talking. Oh. <laughs> part, of, part of the mantra is like, you're never going to get better. This is not, you, you've you tried everything already. You, you, It's a bit of like, there's some self-pity that is in it. And there is some fear that you're going to try everything and it's still not going to work. Um, so you kind of have to, to say to that voice, like, I'm going to put you over here right now. You're going to go in the corner for a second and I'm going to still just try to find something that works. Yeah. Oh, that's so, yeah. so true. And so, I mean, I, I struggled with, uh, the same as a teenager, uh, my early twenties as well. Um, depression, anxiety, and, and the anxiety kind of stuck around a little bit more during the early, the early twenties, but you know, and I, I did the same, had the same sort of protocol, but I, I will also attest to the fact that having people around that were supportive, um, was was huge because you know having having that stronghold allows us to kind of see past what the mind is is going on about <laughs> you know? yeah yeah I think that's and, huge and finding some kind of spiritual community like even if you are not in a place where you can really be active in that community where you can like fully participate and like get to know people but just having a place where you can go and drop in and people are talking about the real stuff. And, um, you, you know, I, I used to go to this gospel church in, in San Francisco called Glide. Oh my goodness. I love it. It was amazing. You know, it was like, I would go in there and they, they talked about the real stuff. You know, some of you have, are here because, you know, you have relatives who are ill. Some of you just lost someone. Some of you just lost your job. Some of you are depressed. Like let's be here together and let's sing, you know, that, yeah. that kind of thing it was anonymous and I, you know, I didn't have, um, but, and I wasn't like 
up there myself giving a sermon, <laughs> but, but like I felt that support of humanity around me. Yeah, no, I love that. Do you think it's, it's important for us to do things that are hard for us? That's a good question. Hmm. I think, I, I feel like it's always about what your ultimate goal is. So, um, yeah, I guess I do think it's, it's important to do things that are hard for us as long as you know why you're doing them, mm-hmm. you know? So if it's hard for you to do public speaking and after a certain point in your career, you feel like you're hiding and then, and you know, the only way to kind of get to the next phase is to start doing some public speaking, then yeah, it's important to push yourself and do that hard thing. Um, but I think like there is a little bit of an inclination in our culture to just do, it's like the busyness thing, right? It's like, just do hard things because like we work hard and that's how you achieve things. Um, so I guess going back to the yoga of it, it's like knowing what your intention is, is important. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so it's so true. And it's so, it's so good to be able to have that, um, that awareness to, to do that. I, I totally agree. So currently in in your life here, here it is. What are you most excited about? Oh, oh my gosh. What am I most excited about? I am. Well, gosh, I'm really excited about a lot of things. I feel like, um, I appreciate you saying I've overcome obstacles. I've never really thought of myself that way, but I do feel, you know, I'm firmly in middle age. And when I, look back, um, I feel like I have kind of been through a lot to get to this point. And I'm excited that my daughter is five and a half and, and is, you know, a happy, like creative fairy person. Mm-hmm. I love <laughs> that you call like... her a, fa- a pixie fairy, right? <laughs> yeah, she really so is. I mean, she's just hilarious. And, um, I'm excited. I'm really excited about the podcast. I actually, when I started it out, I I didn't know if it would be a viable thing. I'm sure you felt the same way. Like I'm just going to start this. I have no idea. (laughs) And, and it's exciting. You know, we did, um, we did a live show, um, with Jason's teacher trainees as our, as our audience a few months ago. And we're going to do, another one probably tomorrow. And then we're going to do another live show when Jason teaches, um, in Detroit in June at Detroit yoga lab. And, um, so I don't know, it's fun to kind of just feel like, okay, I'm going to take this into a different medium and see what I can do. And, you know, my ultimate goal with that is like to try to do it to, um, to raise money. Maybe we should do like a, a big, we should do that. Right. Yeah. That would be really cool. Do something together. We should do something together. I like that. I, I'm down. That sounds so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love them over at Detroit yoga lab. I, I went out there, uh, for the tour last year. So oh, they're wow. amazing. Uh, it's so cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you're going out there. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. Let's be excited together. What are we most excited about this <laughs> new? And totally. I'm, I'm like the new plans. What are we concocting? So I only have a, a couple more questions before I, I let you go. And obviously, you know, we can talk about all these different topics, uh, forever <laughs> for, no, hours, for hours on end. Um, you know, part of why I started the podcast was, you know, to be able to, have 
you know, like-minded people come together or, um, you know, people that were, were seeking more information about, you know, connection or yoga or their lifestyle or meditation to have a place where they felt supported and they felt a part of, you know, so radically loved is this idea that we are, you know, radically loved by universe, source, whatever higher power of your understanding that the universe works for us and not against us. Um, so that's why I, I started the podcast. And so uh, the the last follow-up questions are really um, about you and, and how this particular idea pertains to you and your life. So uh, I'm going to ask you a couple of random questions if that's okay. okay. <laughs> uh, you're like, uh-oh. I'm ready. I'm like, Bob, questions. <laughs> what, is, what is your favorite word? Love. Oh. For sure. What is your least favorite word? Mm, moist. <laughs> Sorry. I know that's not really <laughs> probably what you're expecting. <laughs> oh. oh my God. Oh. That is yeah. Wow, I think that that's probably the best answer I've, I've heard in a, in a long time. Oh, that's so good. Oh, my goodness. I was, try, I was trying not to overthink it, you guys. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, okay. Whew. What is... Uh, like now I'm like how am I supposed to even follow that up with something else it should just be the end of the podcast um moist so if you if you could go back in time uh to give your 15 year old self some words of wisdom what would you say Mm. (laughs) well just given my personality um I, I I Definitely, I would say one of the one of my fundamental flaws is like being a people pleaser. So, and I think that that maybe held me back from taking risks at you know at certain points in my life. So, I think I would tell her um, that you know she's beautiful just as she is. That she doesn't have to you know make sure everyone loves her, that that's not what's important, that what's really important is that, you know, she feels good about herself and the choices that she makes and to surround herself, um, with people who, who support her and appreciate her. Mm. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) That's so sweet. What would your 95 year old self tell you now? Oh man, life was a wild, exciting ride. (laughs) Live every moment. That sounds so cliche, but it's just, you know, actually I want to amend that statement. Okay. Live the small moments. You know, it's really the small moments. I think that when you look back on your life, like even at our age right now, right? Like you can look back on what you've lived and it's, it's the small moments that really hold the magic, I think. So try to live the small moments, appreciate them, savor them. I love that. And the final two question questions are, how do you feel radically loved? And what do you radically love? 
Oh, gosh. Um, I definitely feel really radically loved, like much more held by um, the community and and or just like community in general um, since taking up this practice all those years ago. Mm-hmm. It's really such a before and after for me um, of just trusting things more, trusting people more. Um, I also feel radically loved by my family. I feel really fortunate to have created the family that, that I have right now. Um, and what was the other question? And then what do you radically love? Oh, what do I radically love? I radically love these conversations. I, and also, you know, just these conversations around this practice and like trying to connect and communicate and share wisdom. Andrea, thank you so much. This has been so amazing. I feel so honored and privileged to be able to have the opportunity to talk to people like you and to you in particular. Uh, I feel like you've definitely created uh, not only a forum, but your voice has created uh, a space for people to find comfort and to feel guided. And thank you for your honesty and everything that you've put out into the world. And I, I only pray that you continue to do so so that you can continue to you know guide people like myself so thank you for doing that thank you so much this was such so much fun and such a great conversation and I really appreciate you for you know just like for guiding the conversation for guiding me on this side of the of the mic for being on the opposite side so (laughs) for everybody listening uh for the people that want more information where could they go uh to connect with you um, they can find me on Instagram at Andrea Ferretti. That's where I'm most active on social channels right now. I'm trying to keep it simple. And um, they can go to jasonyoga.com slash podcast to find the podcast. Perfect. Yeah. Yay. Thank you so much. You're the best. Thank you. Do you want to go on an epic yoga adventure? I do. In fact, I I. I do all the time. <laughs> when when do I not want to go on an epic yoga adventure? This year I'm leading two retreats, one in Mexico at Shinalani and the other in Iceland. Our summer retreat is all about the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. We'll learn about spiritual practices to cultivate mindfulness, wisdom, and compassion. And this fall, in an attempt to see the Northern Lights, we will go into a journey through the chakras. It's going to be fun. If you're curious, you can email me at rosie at radicallyloved.com or go to the show notes and click the links to each of the retreats, or you can go to radicallyloved.com. See you soon. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.